Welcome to the Marketing Trust Podcast. I am your host, Adam Buchanan. I believe trust must exist before a transaction can take place. I give marketers the tools they need to infuse more trust in their marketing to help grow their business. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Marketing Trust Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan, and it is a beautiful sunny day here in Northern Utah. Speaking of Northern Utah, I actually just wrapped up a Marketing Trust workshop in Northern Utah. It was really fun to meet with business owners and Box Elder County and talk about trust. Big shout out to my good friend, Brenda Funk, who organized the event. Looking forward to seeing them again this October. Also wanna let you all know that I'll be speaking at SMADCON in Charleston, South Carolina on July 18th through 20th. The topic is gonna be all about business transparency. I actually have four free tickets to the event. So if you would like one, please reach out to me quickly at adam at adamcbuchanan.com. If you're going to that event, please let me know. Drop me a line on Twitter or email. My Twitter is adam underscore Buchanan. Definitely connect there and let me know. But today's guest, I am very excited to welcome to the Marketing Trust Show. It is Anastasia Allison. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So, Anastasia, you have a really interesting story. You play the violin in the mountains, and you are a mentor, you're a business coach, you help aspiring adventurepreneurs. You 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 do a lot. I do. Yeah, it's sort of sort of crazy. When I when I got started doing this, I never quite expected the violin on top of the mountain aspect of of my career path, but it's been that's been extremely delightful to say the least. And a fun fact about Anastasia, so you listen to the intro and outro music. There's a little nice violin playing on my podcast. That is Anastasia rocking on her violin. So it's kind of fun to have you on the show finally and be able to, to bring you on and talk about that. But fun fact for listeners, that, that has been the music she's been playing uh, since episode one. So love it. And yeah. so tell me about some recent travels that you've been on. Oh, man. We are we're always hiking up into the mountains. In fact, just today, I hiked up to an alpine lake with my piano partner, my piano musical mountaineer Rose. And we hiked up to this Alpine Lake just after sunrise this morning and did a concert. We're actually in the middle of recording some, uh, our first, I guess it's sort of an album with three-dimensional audio. And we're getting all of our recordings actually in a wilderness setting so that you can actually hear the birds and the wind and the waves and the creek in the background. And uh, so we did that one today, actually. So I've actually been awake since 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, well, perfect. Yeah. Yes, you're yeah. bright-eyed and bright loving eyed life. But yeah, we're just always looking and sort of chasing the weather. And uh, yesterday I was out at a bunch of state parks performing. And it's just really, it's spontaneous and fun and exciting. And I never quite know exactly where I'm going to be every single week. And where are you based? What what outdoors, what mountains are you generally going to? 
So I live just north of Seattle, Washington, and so we are usually in the Cascades. So sort of Central Cascades, North Cascades, that's pretty much where we've been so far. And honestly, we could climb here for the next 20 years and probably never repeat the same trail twice. So it's just, it's pretty endless. I like how you took a very complicated skill, AKA playing the violin, and you paired it with another complicated skill, mountaineering. And it's like, how, how much harder can you make it? That is, that is very, very impressive. I, I love your work and, and love what you do. Thank you so much. It has, been, it has been quite the adventure and truly the combination of the two things that I love more than anything in the world, which is mountains and music. And there's just something really powerful about that combination. And powerful for the people who listen to our music, but then also powerful for me as a musician and as a avid outdoor person, being able to bring those two things together. It's just, it's really emotional and beautiful on a lot of different levels. So I got to hear the story of the very, very, very first time that you decided to bring your violin up on top of a mountain. And what happened there? Where did this come from? Where did this idea come to from to pair both of these? Oh my goodness. So I've been a classically trained violinist since I was four years old and really obsessed with the outdoors since I was a little kid. I was bullied as a kid and found a lot of peace and I guess acceptance in the wilderness. And so it was always a place where I felt the most like myself. And for most of my life, I would I followed what I would describe as a relatively traditional path where I had a job and I I actually was a park ranger, which is sort of traditional, pretty cool. Um, But I, I had a park ranger job. I got laid off from my park ranger job and I always had this desire or this, it felt almost like a calling to pursue this very adventure inspired life. But coming from a traditional upbringing, I believe that that was somewhat reckless or foolish and that I would be sort of silly to pursue these dreams that I had. And so I took a job as a police officer with the railroad of all things. And so I was the first female railroad police officer in Seattle in almost 20 years, which was kind of intimidating and, but also pretty cool. Uh, A few years into the job, I found myself sort of repeating the cycle that I will just sort of call the Anastasia cycle of, okay, I got my job for a few years and now I'm bored and wanted to do something else. And that sort of familiar aching for something bigger would creep back in and I would sort of have this grass is greener syndrome and I started looking at other police jobs and I was really focused on what wasn't going great in my job and I didn't like it and again felt it was very foolish for me to pursue this love of the outdoors and last uh, I guess it's been more than a year maybe a year and a half ago I was in an almost fatal car accident where it really shook that illusion of stability for me. I realized that if my whole life could be gone in a fraction of a second, then why was I so afraid to pursue these dreams that were sort of hidden in my heart? And so at that point, I resolved to figure out how to create and design this 
adventurepreneur life that I wanted. And one of the things I did was I hired a coach and she was really instrumental in really helping me sort of uncover my own transformation. And one night I was still working as a police officer. It was two in the morning. I just gotten done working a night shift. I hopped into bed and I'm laying there in bed and all of a sudden, and I, I wish I could make this sound less crazy, but all of a sudden, this flash just popped into my head out of nowhere, just completely randomly. And it just said, go play your violin on the summit of a mountain. And I thought, okay, that's a cool idea. And I went onto Craigslist and I posted an ad for myself as a adventure violinist. And I remember thinking, okay, this is my ticket to freedom. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up and have all of these requests for me and my services. And of course I woke up the next morning and excitedly opened up my email and, and received no, uh, no messages about the, my adventure violin services. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I, the, the dream never died though. And I sort of continued really trying to improve my life and get unstuck from this place where I was. And through a serendipitous series of events, I ended up meeting my friend Rose Freeman, who's a piano player and unbeknownst to me, Rose had been drawing sketches of pianos in the wilderness for most of her life. And so the two of us meet each other. Somebody says something about playing music in the wilderness. And both of us have this sudden realization that this is something we want to try just to make the dream come true for both of us. And so on September 1st of last year, we carried a violin and a keyboard packed into a backpack uh, up into the Mount Baker Snoqualmie National Forest. We went to a little off trail tarn right at sunrise and we both packed in gowns with us because we're both classically trained musicians. Yeah. We thought, oh, that'll be cool. We'll wear gowns. And that was what's sort of funny about the gowns is that we almost didn't wear the gowns. We thought it would be stupid and we almost wore our hiking clothes. And at the last minute, I think I said, let's put the gowns on. It'll be nice to do it like that because then it feels like a recital. And huh. we, we shared that first video, not really expecting anything to come of it or even really hoping for that. And of course, the response to that was pretty overwhelming. Two weeks later, we were on television, and and then it's just continued to grow from there. So that's the long story of, of one, I love it. one little event. <laughs> that's amazing. And so for those who don't know, definitely connect with Anastasia and connect with her on Facebook and also follow their page, Musical Mountaineers, because you get to see kind of a first look at all these videos coming to life. It's a great example of live video and usage of live video. And one thing that I talk a lot about and really resonated at the workshop the other day was this idea of proximity and how it builds trust. One thing I've noticed that you've done with your videos that I think is really special is you do personal videos. You dedicate it to somebody. Tell me about that and what's the response there? So that idea actually also came to me while I was on a hike and I got this idea of doing a musical telegram and I thought that would be cool if people could send 
a musical message to somebody else sort of via the musical mountaineers or via me on my violin. And our mission from the very beginning has been just to bring more good into the world. And so I'm constantly thinking for ways to do that. And when you, when you do a live video, it's powerful enough as it is, but when you do a live video for somebody else, and then you can also get people to rally around that person with support, suddenly you have a group of people that might even be strangers all participating in this event that they feel like they're a part of. And so we've done videos wishing somebody happy birthday and, and I'll usually even talk about the person and what this particular violin gram is what I call them, but uh, what this particular message means and really get people to um, like feel like they're a participant in it as opposed to just sort of watching a video after the fact. And I think that really gets people that ownership of the experience. And when people see this, how long do they watch that live video? Because I know replays can in some ways be the majority of views versus the live views. So tell me about that. What, what do you see as how long are people watching that video and engaging with it? So in the moment, we may have anywhere from 10 to, I think I've seen maybe 80 people watching a video at once, just because a lot of times our videos are taking place at sunrise and a lot of people <laughs> aren't necessarily awake right at sunrise. Um, but what I've seen is when, when people share the video and they feel as though they are sharing something that's really exciting and happening right now and maybe it's being done for somebody or they're a part of this event that's happening then people are much more likely to share it and then that is when we will really get people to to watch the videos one thing that we've really changed since we started doing live videos and i remember our very first live video ever the caption in the video i think it just said good morning Oh. And, and then we just did this video, right? Because we weren't the musical mountaineers yet. And now what we do is we are pretty strategic about how we caption our live videos. So it will say live the musical mountaineers with the location that we are because then people get excited. Oh my gosh, they're at Manastash Ridge. That's near my house or they're near an alpine lake and so it's sort of setting the stage and then we'll also put a link to our youtube channel in the video so now the 30,000 people that might see this video have an opportunity to go dig deeper into who we are and what we're doing uh simply by viewing this this one video so i see a mix of you know and i think this is really helpful for listeners too because you do kind of a mix of Anastasia will post a live video, but then the musical Mountaineers will post a live video. So tell me about that and kind of the thought behind that, because there's kind of a mix going back and forth. There is. And I, I sort of have 
ended up having some other projects that are sort of my own. And the violin grams is, is sort of one of my personal projects that I really enjoy doing. And one of the reasons why I like doing it is because it has given me the opportunity to work on the storytelling behind the music. And as somebody who has a desire to inspire others to get unstuck from wherever they are in their life or to find deeper fulfillment, I sort of see the violin grams as being more in line with the type of coaching that I like to do yeah. or the, the speaking that I like to do and sort of that more inspirational edge to it. And it's also the, the violin grams and I'll just sort of give a, a brief description of what they are is that somebody will nominate somebody for one. And then usually I'll play a song on a speaker that is sort of hidden off view of the camera. And then I'll just improvise along with a, a pretty familiar pop song a lot of the times. And so it's also been really good practice for me to do my improvisation as well. And it's just a different I don't know what it is about speaking into the camera as opposed to the musical Mountaineers, which to me feels more like a performance. And, and I feel like with the violin grams, people are really getting to know me and my story and really see my heart through me being vulnerable enough to speak directly into that camera. I have, I mean, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of my violin grams, but I think I counted it up once and I've cried in 16 of them <laughs> because they, they can be somewhat touching. I mean, some of these are done in memory of somebody who's passed away. And so sure. I get emotional in them. And I think being able to share that through the violin grams, people get more of a sense of the type of person I am. And then when they see me in the musical Mountaineers concerts, they understand a little bit more about my story and who I am and why this is so important to me. And so I think the combination of those two things of feeling like they really know me and trust me as a person. I mean, most people they'll meet me in person and say that they feel like they know me and which is cool because a lot of these people I've never met before. And then when they see the music and they know my story, I think it just adds so much depth to what the musical Mountaineers are doing. It's not just two girls playing songs. It's a, a big, deep, juicy story below those songs. And there's so much emotion that goes into it. So for listeners who may be, you know, running marketing programs or trying to build their business, you touched on a lot of things that I think are so key, especially how live video really reveals ourselves. And even just as you talk about revealing our emotions and how raw it can be. Is that scary though? Because when I talk to people about going live, at first I think people are very hesitant. So how did you, you know, overcome that fear maybe in the beginning of, okay, I've just got to do this. I know it feels right. How do you I, overcome those fears? I was terrified completely, completely terrified. And I actually still remember my first live video and I was shaking so badly that I could 
almost not control myself. I mean, I felt like I was going to get sick. And I, I came up with this little phrase. I said, one, two, three, act. And I would, I actually remember once being downstairs in my house and I really wanted to do a live video because I really wanted to share my story and what I was going through. And I wanted to show these vulnerable parts of who I was because I knew that that was how I connected with people. And I remember being downstairs and I just said, one, two, three, act. And I ran upstairs before I could even think about it. And I just hit the live button. And so I, I think I will say that the first couple times were totally terrifying. And I was absolutely petrified, but as time has progressed, just like with anything, it gets so much easier and so much easier. And when you start to see the videos making a difference and not just a difference in, oh, I'm getting a client, which is great, but really making a difference in you are impacting people in some way and genuinely connecting with people in in a way that's meaningful and people feel as though they know you that to me was it just added so much fuel to the the fire for me and made me want to continue getting better at it and better at it but you definitely have to just practice and just sort of do it I think you touched on another big thing too, is having a purpose and really driving that mission and your purpose forward. That's one thing we talked about in episode 11 with Stan Phelps is all about the purpose and how companies are going to stand out a whole lot more as we head into this new generation of business is companies that have a purpose. So what's your take on that? Are you seeing that in your sphere as well? I, I think so, absolutely. And and this is sort of going back to the live videos, but the thing that I really think about before I go live is what value am I adding to other people's day by jumping on live? And if I'm just going to jump on live and film my cats roaming around in my backyard, not that there's anything wrong with my cats. And I think there's definitely some value in, in sharing those moments, but as a, as a entrepreneur or somebody in business, anytime that I am going to go live, I'm asking myself, is there a purpose to this? Is What value am I going to be bringing to people through this video? I, I don't necessarily always know exactly what I'm going to say because I like it to be somewhat unscripted, but I will always have an idea of, of what I'm going to be bringing to other people before I ever hit that live button. It's not just totally off the cuff. Uh, it might appear that way, but I do think about it. And I think that people want to be a part of a mission and they want to be part of something that they believe in. And so the more that I can focus my efforts onto having a purpose with this, whether that's bringing good wishes to somebody who's having a birthday or whatever it is, the, then, then more people are going to be on board with what I'm doing and, and really just backing me up and sharing what I'm doing as well. I think 
that is a really great framework that listeners can take away from is really asking ourselves, what is the value we're providing? Why, why is it important? What, why should people watch this? And I think that's a really good gut check. And if you don't really feel like you can answer it, I think it's good to pause. It's good to kind of collect yourself before you do. And that's, I think a struggle right now with Facebook and just social media in general is it is so easy to create content, but it's hard to create good content. And I think that's uh, a great thing that people can walk away from this episode is asking yourself what value you're bringing before you go live. I agree. And, and I'll tell a, a sort of a funny story about one of my live videos that I deleted. And this was actually, this was months and months ago, but I actually watched another entrepreneur that I really admire. And she got on to her, I think it may have been Instagram and she did this really good live video and I watched it. And I remember thinking, and this was actually before I was doing my violin grams. It was sort of at the beginning of my own journey. And I remember thinking, oh, I better go live because this, this girl just went live and she's so talented and okay. So that means I must go live. And I, I got on and I realized part of the way through my video that I wasn't really speaking with my own voice. I was trying to be something that I wasn't. And and it's easy to do that. And especially when a lot of people are going live, it's easy to look at what somebody else has done and think, okay, I need to do that. And that would be like some person doing a violin gram tomorrow, like seeing me and thinking, oh, I'm going to do a violin gram. It would look and feel different than mine. Not to say that it would be wrong in any way, and I wouldn't mind. If anybody wants to do a violin gram, I say go for it. The more violin grams we have, the better. <laughs> but but it would there needs to be that there's something when it's coming from a place in your heart where it is just this super authentic expression of who you are that people can see that in the live videos. And so that's why I deleted that video that I had done is because I realized halfway through that I was essentially trying to imitate somebody else. And while it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, it wasn't me. And so as you embark on your own journey of doing live videos, at first it's going to feel very awkward and you won't necessarily have your own voice right away. But the more and more you stick with it, you will find a unique style that is your own. And, and once you get into that groove, it's so fun and people love watching them and you can interact in an authentic and meaningful way with people and, and really build that trust and that relationship that wouldn't have otherwise happened. Well, thank you so much for that overview. I think really walked away with a lot of good information. So tell us real quick, what events do you have coming up? Are you traveling a little bit? Can people come to an event that you'll be at? So we are, Rose and I typically don't announce our backcountry concerts due to leave no trace ethics, but I can say we are working on a, right now we're actually launching a Patreon site for the musical mountaineers and so i'm not sure if you're super familiar with patreon or not but it's essentially uh people can we'll be able to download our music there 
once we hit our first 200 patrons, we are actually going to hold the first ever Musical Mountaineers announced concert. And so we're trying to work on that right now, which is really exciting. And we have a couple other projects coming up that will we will be sharing them online. Some of them are a little bit secretive uh, and just by nature of, of what we do and some of the trail magic we're working on. So uh, I'm, I'm just really excited about that and lots of hikes and climbs to come in the next few months. So summer is just getting started here. So you have, you have a lot coming up. You just can't tell us about it. We can't come <laughs> until we can come. Yeah. I love the mystery. You, yeah. You've got a lot of mystery there and yeah. very, very intriguing. So if you want to watch what Anastasia's up to, <laughs> connect with her. The best place is Facebook. She's doing an incredible job. She goes live all the time. And so it's just Anastasia Allison, or you can like their page, Musical Mountaineers. Thank you so much. But before we go, we are going to play a little game that I play with all my guests. I know you're nervous. Everyone's nervous. I love it. I love making people feel a little anxious. So this game is called Name That Handle. And the way this game works is I give you one word clues about someone that you are connected with on social media. This is going to be hard for you because you're, you're kind of out there. You know a lot of people. Oh no, this is, I'm, I'm super intimidated right now. <laughs> and just full disclosure with all my listeners, I never, ever, ever tell anyone who the person is. So this is not acting. This is not, you know, faking it. I generally surprise people. Hence the change in Anastasia's voice. She's like all happy and telling her story. And now it's like, and now oh I'm gosh, <laughs> here we go. Okay. Oh my, I can literally feel my heart like pounding in my chest. <laughs> it's like your first it. live video. I love it. <laughs> One, two, three, act. <laughs> All right. Anastasia, are you ready to play Name That Handle? I'm, I am super ready. This is going to be really exciting. All right. I'm going to start off with one word clues. Here we go. Okay. First one word clue is writer. And I can't spell it if you would like me to, because I know that may have come off. A writer as in like a book writer? Yes. Okay. I'm, I can think of two of them off the top of my head. You're welcome to make a guess or we can keep going. Or you can phone a friend. Uh, no, you can't phone a friend. Okay, how about Susan Conrad? I am sorry, that is incorrect. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. Next one. One word, explorer. And given your network, this is pretty difficult because I'm sure you know a lot of writers who are explorers. A writer who's <laughs> okay, I nope, I have no clue. Like every single person. Okay, this one's gonna help you out quite a bit. It's gonna help narrow things down. Okay. Mother. A writer who's an explorer and a mother. Um oh, Heather. Heather Rockford. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I got it. Heather. I a, think a, a Colorado gal. That right? might be a record on my podcast because you got it in three guesses. Yeah. Writer, explorer, mom. Yeah. Well done. Heather, Most people make it to five or six. 
I'm I'm super excited. She just popped into my head. <laughs> oh, I love Heather. Heather Roachford is definitely worth following on social media. She is just an outstanding individual and one who has been in the outdoor industry for a long time. Her Instagram handle is a Colorado gal. And I've known Heather for a very long time. How do you know Heather? Where, where do you guys so go back? I know Heather through Backpacker Magazine. So I am one of the Seattle area trail scouts for Backpacker. And so, and I'm also on their uh, gear testing team. And so Heather actually messaged me the other day about tent testing. So... <laughs> I love it. Well, that's awesome. I, yes, I've known Heather for a long, long time and was there before Heather and Will had met and I saw them meet and uh, got to see them kind of brew a little relationship and now they're married and now they've brewed a beautiful baby. baby and they've brewed a little baby. So, uh, love Heather and Will are both in, they're both phenomenal photographers as well. So that's something to expect from Heather's awesome Instagram account. So well, nice work. See, that wasn't so bad. That was, I'm so relieved. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, we'll have to, I'll make sure to tag Heather in this episode as well and let her know you did pretty good. So well played. Well, thank you so much, Anastasia, for joining the Marketing Trust Podcast. This has been episode 14. Thank you all for listening to the Marketing Trust Podcast. I hope it's providing value to you and your business. If you ever have any questions, please drop me an email at Adam at adamcbuchanan.com. You can also join our Facebook group. It is the Marketing Trust Podcast. If you search for that on Facebook, once you ask to join, you'll see my big red glasses uh, accepting your membership into our group. So go ahead and join there. And it would also help if you rate and review the podcast. You are doing me a great service if you do that. Thank you so much and for sharing any episodes that are providing value to your friends and families and colleagues. Thank you so much, Anastasia. You're so welcome. Thanks, Adam. This has been another episode of the Marketing Trust Podcast, where I help you infuse more trust with your customers to help grow your business. I'm Adam Buchanan, and I want to thank you for listening.